Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. Welcome to Barbecue Nation with JT's After Hours. Conversation that took place after the broadcast ended. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey everybody, welcome to After Hours here on Barbecue Nation. I'm JT along with Ms. Leanne Whippen, and uh, we've got Brad Prose in the hot seat today. Uh, no <laughs> pun intended because of his Chilies and Smoke uh, brand new book, and I recommend this book. It's a great book. It is. Um, I concur. But Brad has Thank never you. Brad has never been through the after hours gauntlet before. So <laughs> Oh boy. And, and I started last week. Leanne was gone last week. She was out on special assignment, as as we said. But, out in uh, Fargo. Fargo. In many snow cooking brisket in snow. Hey, yeah. there's nothing better. It actually was kind of cool. Not gonna yeah. lie, it was cool. I'm sure it was cool. If pun intended, pun intended <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, but I looked up some food history, Brad, mm. and uh, one of the best things about this was I debunked a family, my own family myth in one of these, and uh, I'll tell you about that later. But that really that I I kept going after I found that because I thought this would be fun. Okay, so. Um, <clears throat> Do you know when the first breakfast cereal ever came out? Uh, no, I don't. I know Does it was that in include their... um, oatmeal or is it just like cereal with milk? Like processed cereal, like Kellogg's? Yeah, a, a commercial type cereal. Yeah, I think that was in the early 1900s. And it has a, if I don't know. If I'm wrong on the date, but it has a really creepy story behind it. That's how sure. do you know that? I look, I look up food stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was the it was actually called granula, and not granola, but granula. And can it was I guess a, the year? Yeah. Um, I think it was in the 1800s, like yeah. something like 1863. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I you, googled it. I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> so what was what was the problem with granula anybody know was it not sweet enough you couldn't eat it because you had to soak it overnight in milk oh, oh. <laughs> that's interesting so it was so hard it was so yeah. hard um because of the wheat that they used and then kellogg's old man kellogg's came out the original kellogg's and he started to make it. And uh, Jackson, the guy that invented the, you know, pothole filler, uh, the original stuff, sued him or started to sue him. So he, that's where the word granola came from. Oh, that's was it, very in Kellogg's. Yeah. And the Kellogg's one, you did not have to soak it overnight. Interesting. You just had to soak it like that. Okay. So, huh. um, 
do you know when Cheerios came out? Anybody? Um, I would think, I don't know, early 1900s. Yeah, that's my guess too. 1941. Oh, that seems a little Oh, late. that's later than I thought. Yeah. yeah. And they were originally called Cheery Oats. And then they wow. la- later changed it, changed it to uh, Cheerios. Okay. They had little heart-shaped Cheerios at Sam's Club. Oh, they did? But, yeah, but the problem was they weren't all hearts. They got lazy oh. and they only did like half hearts and then oh. Cheerios. <laughs> there, was probably, there was probably some broken hearts in there. Who knows? <laughs> okay, so here's the one. I want to tell you about uh, what year was Lucky Charms released? I'm going to say, go go ahead, ahead. you go first. I'm saying late 60s. I agree because I think I remember when it came out and I was I I was so excited and they were magically delicious. Um, I'm going to say (laughs) I'm going to say 68. You're close. 64. Oh, oh, not too okay. far. Yeah. Yeah. But definitely seems like something that would be made in the 60s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> somebody, in the R- and... somebody in the R&D <laughs> department was having a damn good day when they came up with that stuff. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the trick is this. My sister used to tell people that they would they would put me in my high chair and that I would pick those little... Uh, the rainbows, the, the little rainbow mar- marshmallows, or whatever uh-huh. they were. Yeah, yeah I would. Yeah. T- I was way too old to be sitting in a high chair in 1964. Oh. So she, she was full of it. Um, Fruit Loops is what I'll say. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, Fruity Pebbles. You know when Fruity Pebbles came out? Fruity Pebbles and Cocoa Pebbles. This is the last thing. Trying to think, trying to think. Flintstones were not popular in the later years. Um, I'm going to say around the same time as as the Lucky Charms, maybe a smidgen later. Yeah, I'd say mid early 70s, probably 73, 74. Little 71. Okay. 71. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you something about the. uh cattle business okay okay uh when did the first beef cattle arrive here in the americas oh that's gonna be a long time ago wow yep but it has something to do with you leanne um florida you mean yeah yeah i'm gonna say in the late 1700s (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> earlier than that actually i was wow. gonna say I, I, i'm i'm thinking like 1710 1720 wow 15, earlier than that 1521 no kidding really? yeah, how, the, how the heck did they get him here on that big boat yep juan ponce the... de leon when he was oh. looking for the uh fountain of youth or whatever wow and so those, <laughs> those were the first cattle to set uh hoof on the uh, United States. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, last one for that. Do you know when and where the first packing plant was actually built? Uh, first of all, I would say it was in Chicago. Close. 
Oh shoot. That was my guess too. I totally thought that that would have been it. Um, it then maybe in Iowa, I don't know. Um, and it had to be probably in the 1700s as well. 1868. Right? Oh man, I I I am showing 18, my blonde. That's way right later. Now. Was it well, in Philly? Kansas, <laughs> Kansas City. Oh, oh wow. Okay, that makes so sense. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, because they could drive the cattle up from Texas and then yeah. they figured oh, out they could process okay. them. And by that time yep. the railroads were getting yes, there yes. and they that's could ship everything got back around. East. Yeah. Got okay. Out. Yep. Enough of that trivia. Uh so Brad, um, here's some kind of standard ones we ask our guests if you could cook for and then dine with a historical figure who would it be and they can be alive or they can be deceased we'll bring them back for you for a few hours uh mm-hmm. if they're already gone but who would you cook for and what would the menu be oh man that is a tough one um A historical figure. I definitely want to make some Mexican food because <laughs> I think Mexican food today is so different from what it was in the past. Um, a historical figure. Man, I would want to pick somebody that is not alive. Um, probably. Probably somebody like really crazy and creative, like Da Vinci, Um, just because somebody that would be very out there and thinking outside the box. I think that they would have such a fun time with the stuff that I'd like to make. Um, Yeah. And I'm just trying to think of some really creative people out there. I know some people are probably like, oh, I didn't invite Jesus, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) but um uh definitely da vinci probably a bunch of other you know famous artists from um you know the renaissance period and stuff like that um because i honestly i just love to have those kind of conversations and think about kind of the foundation and a lot of creativity that we have today people that are not really related to the food world um Mm -hmm. but um i would definitely put out a big spread of mexican cuisine um with a lot of grilled meat because I think that it would be interesting to be able to share that. Yeah, that sounds good. If you got a chance to work with one of your uh, barbecue heroes, uh, and it can be Leanne, if you want. I'm exempt. You're exempt? Exempt. It's okay. almost like a, it's almost like you're making a forced selection here because I'm sitting here. I you know, so no, I'm exempt. All right. Uh, Even if it crossed your mind. But anyway, go uh, ahead, finish the question. Barbecue <clears throat> heroes. Um if you could work with one of your barbecue heroes, mm-hmm. not the exempt Miss Whippin, but the anybody else, who would it be? Who would you like to work with? I guess I'm going to lump him into barbecue because he does cook a lot of barbecue. Um, Chef Edward Lee, um, without a doubt, his food, he's one of like two or three people that really kind of cracked into my conscience um, when I was writing my recipes and creating with my flavors. 
I'll never forget this quote that he had on his Netflix show, uh, Mind of a Chef. Um, I, I guess it was on PBS, but um, uh, he basically said that all food that's created in America is considered American food. And, you know, we really need to move past things that we label as authentic um, because while they are really good and really important to preserve, um, if we only stuck with authentic foods, that means that our, our food tradition and culture would would be dead and we'd never be evolving and moving past things. And he was cooking a lot of um, Southern food and Korean food and all these amazing uh, combinations of things. I don't like to use the word fusion. Um, and that really blew my mind because at the time I was cooking for my wife, I was cooking a lot of like Indian food and uh, Mexican food because at the time she was vegetarian um, and I was trying to do my barbecue and I was really sick of just doing salt and pepper briskets and then eating, you know, her amazing Indian food on the side. So right. I started blending the flavors. That's really what kind of created the foundation of chilies and smoke for me. Um, so like he, he and his career have been like incredibly inspirational to me. I never heard somebody talk like that before. Um, it, so I would love to meet him and, and cook with him someday. Well, there you go. I heard the famous words, a vegetarian at the time. Does that mean she's ah. no longer a vegetarian? Did you come yeah, her? I, I did. I cured her. Oh, I'm just oh there kidding. you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where you have to have a, uh, you know, a bell pepper intervention or something there. You gotta, you gotta do that. Uh, Brad, what would you say your success uh, to failure ratio is when you're trying to create a new recipe, a new dish, maybe even a new sauce? Um, how much do you have to? I mean, we all get these kind of base ideas like I'm going to take this and this and put it together and that'll be cool. Uh, and if you got enough time that day, you can tweak it. But if you're just trying to do it uh, to to get a basis, get a start on it, what's your ratio there? That's a tough one. Um, I think over the years, it's gotten better, mostly just because of experience. You know, I've got a lot of base recipes for sauces and rubs that I can start at and then adjust uh, with extra heat, extra sweet, extra aromatics. Sure. Um, the same with the sauces and even with meat, you know, when you cook meat the same way, every time, it doesn't matter what flavors you put on pork ribs. If you cook them the same way, they're usually come out. I would say when you're creating something brand new, that's really tough. I actually had a recipe that did not make the cookbook because I couldn't quite figure it out. And I had cooked it eight or 10 times and it just wasn't coming out the way I wanted to. And I really wanted it in the cookbook too. Um, and uh, I, I eventually figured it out months after the cookbook was done, <laughs> but uh, I was really upset. And that happens with brand new sauces. Um, uh, one of the highest failures for me in the cookbook was the guajillo ketchup. Um, I couldn't get the consistency to be the, the same consistency of ketchup. Um, and I, I eventually just had one step at the very end that I added in that, that solved it. But I can't tell you how many years it took me to of mm. trying to figure that one out. Um, I think when you're breaking the mold and making something new, 
Um, not that I invented anything, but newish. Uh, I, I think, I think those are the hardest ones to do. And so, you know, the one that didn't make the cookbook that I had tried so much was actually cauliflower burnt ends. Um, I had a hard time nailing down the marinade and either making the cauliflower too under seasoned or too over seasoned. Um, it was really a challenge and also not burning the cauliflower because of the sugar content in the marinade. Yeah. So yeah. a lot of problems. Um, I did eventually figure it out. I have not published that yet. <laughs> I will, or it might be in book two. There you um, go. There you but go. Uh, I, I definitely fail a lot more than I share. <laughs> well, that's, I think that's very normal though. I mean, you, if I, I can't speak for Leanne on this, but I know we do a lot of the same things at times and you, you can get a recipe that's passable if you will, but it's not perfect in your own mind and, and flavors and that, but you can get it. So put it together. And if it's just you and your wife and kids at night, they'll eat it. They'll say it's great, but it, you're not happy with it because it wasn't, you know, risen to the levels that you thought it should. So uh, yeah. I think that's a very standard, normal answer, which is good. Yeah. Uh, if we declared you supreme ruler of barbecue <laughs> a week, what would you decree? <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I I would decree that people try new flavors. I think that's just speaks to my language. Um, no salt and pepper and uh, salt, pepper, garlic uh, for that one week. I would want people to try new combinations of flavors just to see if there's anything else out there that you might discover. That would be a big one for me. I'm pretty sure there would be another insurrection in Texas if you did. That. Yeah, yep. I, I, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I know, right? I made yeah. lots of Texas friends. <laughs> so, uh, Brad, what's the one thing you miss about your 20s? If anything, uh, tolerance for alcohol. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As I, I was just joking about this yesterday with some uh, some neighbors. Uh, as I near forty, my tolerance has definitely shifted. Even uh, even the ability to to stomach beer in the way that I did. I'm I'm becoming more of a bourbon guy as I'm getting a yeah. little older. So. Um, it's a lot healthier too. <laughs> it happens. It, it happens. Yeah. I mean, Leanne can tell you it happens. Well, the recovery time also changes <laughs> dramatically. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, the, the, on that note though, the, I think the biggest thing um, is that when I was in my twenties, IPAs were just barely really making their mark with craft beer. And now you go to a brewery or something and it's like 70% IPAs right. and they're way higher alcohol, way mm -hmm. hazier, and they just have more sugar content. It's just different. Um, yeah. So <laughs> it, it, it very is uh, really is. I should say, if we put your skills to music, what would the music be, Brad? Jazz. Um, definitely jazz because and I, I love jazz. That's, my favorite type of music. I, I used to play piano and saxophone myself and bass guitar. Um, and I just love the concept of improv and going outside the rules. Um, and that's definitely the way that I love to do food. Yeah. 
get Lee, Lee Rittenauer walking around with his guitar in the back of your kitchen <laughs> one day like that. Yeah. Um, if you were an animal, what animal would you be? Now that's a funny question. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely would say the tortoise and uh, I probably because I spend a lot of time sitting back and thinking about things and overanalyzing things. Um, and when I make moves, they're very intentional. So, and I just this tortoise over a turtle because I'm in Arizona and I like tortoises. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, <clears throat> this is one uh, Leanne likes. Uh, if you were on death row, what would your last meal be? <sighs> Dang, that's a scary one. <laughs> um I would say I had this dish one time at you you guys know Scott Conant from Food Network. He has a, a, a Italian restaurant out here. He makes this like really creamy polenta that takes like four or six hours and he puts like mm. these braised short ribs on top with mm. some mushrooms and uh some olive oil and some cheese like i'd probably eat that just something super rich mm -hmm. um no regrets because i don't care about the next day yeah. something real heavy you know that's just gonna <laughs> sit in and fill in all of those cracks yeah. <laughs> you don't have to worry about heartburn over exactly <laughs> um sweatshirts or formal wear I don't know if I pick either one. I'm in Arizona, man. It's going to okay. be 100 degrees. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, right. Let me change that. T-shirts or thongs? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> T-shirts. <laughs> okay. Okay. There you go. Um, would you describe yourself as corn-fed or grass-fed? Grass-fed. Okay. Boxers or briefs? Briefs. Okay. <laughs> Still got the tidy whities there. Okay. Um we have to add that other category in there, the one that everybody says now. What they're, they're like in between boxer and brief, I guess yeah. they say. Okay, so since since we're talking about that, the I hybrid. would say boxer briefs. Yeah, okay. there you go. Okay. okay. Yes. All right. All right. Um <laughs> Thanks, Leanne. Yeah. <laughs> now you know my secrets <laughs> there you go. we learned a lot on this show um, no. was there a place that you ever had to cook that wasn't uh, the best to work at not yeah I mean usually usually it's at other people's houses uh, and it's it's normally because like you're you're used to like having the right kind of tongs or a knife or most of the time you end up going to somebody's place and they give you a knife and a cutting board and it's you know just this knife that's been all dinged up and the, the real floppy like plastic cutting boards that are all yeah. warped and yeah. you're like yeah. oh my gosh how am i going to chop anything on this yeah and their yeah. chef knife has like a uh, serrated edge in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's usually uh, what ends up happening. <laughs> Do you ever get tired of that? And Leanne, I want you to answer this too, because mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever asked this to you. <laughs> but, you know, you, you get invited uh, to a lot of people's houses, but they expect you to cook when you get there. 
<laughs> you know, um, what I'll do is if I don't have that happen near as much when they expect me to cook when I get there, usually I'll prep stuff beforehand and bring right. it. And like, if they've got a grill, we'll talk about what it is and I'll just make sure I can fire it up. But honestly, I got to a point, I f- I think because I do it for a living now that nobody feels like I'm intruding, but I'll bring, I'll bring my own tongs or a knife or yeah, a small cutting sure. board. Like, you know, at this point, I feel like I've got a free pass, but I definitely feel like it was a, it was a power move if I were to do that before. <laughs> right. You, you get tired of that, Leanne? Nobody <laughs> invites me. Oh, <laughs> Leanne, you can come to my house. I have sharp knives. No, I will tell boards. you that um, usually when I walk into a house, I mean, I don't consider myself a chefy chef by any means. You know, I, I like to grill, whatever. I like to cook. Um, but the first thing that is almost mentioned as I walk in the door, oh, well, I'm so nervous, you know, that I'm cooking or whatever. And, and if you can help me. And you know what? I'm all hands. I love to cook, so I'm all in. Um, and it kind of takes the edge off of them. And then we have fun together. It is very, very rare that I get invited to someone's house that I'm not helping in some way, shape or form. And that includes washing dishes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think that's nice. I, I have to admit, sometimes it's the opposite for me. I'll get invited and uh, they'll say, oh, we're we're too embarrassed to cook having you over we're just going to order pizza and i'll try to twist their arm and be like no 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 please you know i'll help you like you know right. so yeah it's, it's a tough battle it, it, it yeah it is what does yeah. a uh only couple questions left here brad what does a fantasy day look like for you what do you do during you got a day when you're you have no deadlines. You don't have to answer emails to anybody. You've just got a day that's all Brad's. What are you going to do with <laughs> that day? I would definitely spend time relaxing with the uh, wife and kids at home, playing with the boys. It's always important to try to get that time in right now, you know, while they're young. Right. Um, but then I'd be probably keeping it simple with just simple meats and veggies to grill. And I'd probably fire up the grill in the afternoon and invite our neighbors. Our neighbors all have uh, kids and families, you know, our age. Um, and most of them would probably come over, bring some beer, bourbon, um, or something to cook and just have a cookout. Um, that would be fun because the kids can all get involved and have fun and we get to sit around and chat. Um, and then when you do something simple like that, which is strong flavors, you don't have to stress about having the perfect dinner party or something, yeah. you know, you can just throw stuff on and, Everything tastes good. Excellent. Okay, Brad, here is your chance to speak to the world. What would, what is your message to people? It can be about anything, life, cooking, uh, tennis shoes, doesn't care. But what is Brad Prose's message to the world? I think my message is really just love people and, you know, treat people the way that you'd want to be treated. Um, the big thing is, is we're all different. We've got different backgrounds and we do different things and none of us are perfect. And I really think that we need to just give each other more credit and uh, show some maturity out there. And, you know, whether you agree or disagree, I think it's, it takes a lot of strength. And I think uh, to turn the other cheek and, 
Um, I really think that that's when people's character show is when there's a difference in, in how you react. Um, so I would just say, you know, love people. Everybody's different. We all have different backgrounds and do things different. And it's not the same as you. Um, you know, I think let's just go back and, and show respect. I, I'm, I'm big on that. And I try to raise my kids that way is that, you know, everybody uh, deserves respect. And, you know, we're a, a house full of manners in my house. There you go. There you go. Uh, one more time. Tell people how they can find you, how they can find the book. Yeah, appreciate it. The book is sold on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other places. Those are usually the easiest. You can also find my information on chiliesandsmoke.com. That's where I've got recipes that are not in the book. You can contact me through there. And I'm very, in, uh, I'm very engaged on social media, specifically Instagram, which is also Chili's and Smoke. So please reach out, hit me up with a question um, or anything that you need, and I'll do my best to respond. There you go. Brad Pros, Chili's and Smoke. Thank you for putting up yes, with us. Thank for... you. And congratulations <laughs> on your awesome book. Yeah. Oh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. No worries. And let uh, us know when you have the second one coming out. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, we'll be back. That's going to wrap it for us this week. We'll be back with more after hours next week. And uh, remember our motto here, turn it, don't burn it. Take care, everybody. <laughs>